0: Good morning, church. Good morning. I purposely use that. Sometimes we get used to that word church. But the reason why I wanted to start out with that is the church has a significant meaning to it, and that means called out ones, not just something special or just uh, something you're supposed to say or something, you know, etiquette-wise or fancy. There is a significant meaning that we are called out ones. And... Uh, <clears throat> Kathy read what I felt the Lord gave me uh, uh, for sermon text today, if you will. And that, um, I think very fitting and apropos in the times in which we live. Um, And as she first read, Arise, shine, for your light has come. That wasn't a suggestion. That's a command. That's, a promise. That's something we get to do. And uh, so it's it's God in that statement there, not only giving us a command and in the, in the set of scriptures that she read after that, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Guess what? That same Spirit that rested on Jesus, that same Spirit that when Jesus spoke in the temple... And said, these this day, these words are fulfilled in me. And it said, all, all the eyes of the temple were fastened on him. So there was a lot of eyes on Jesus then. A lot of eyeballs. But the truth of the matter is that same spirit that was on Jesus to do those very things is in us, dwells in us, lives in us inhabits us, transforms us, changes us, and he will not stop, guides us, comforts us, encourages us. He is the one through through the time till the time, this present time, to the time that we are called home or he comes back. He made this investment fully in us because we're that important to him not only are we his possession he said look i'm giving you this guarantee that's the best guarantee there is the holy spirit and so when he says i've anointed i'm anointed to do these things of opening the prison doors to give sight to the blind to set the captives free that same spirit that rested on jesus and the things that he did to advance the kingdom to bring the kingdom to reality, to, to make it manifest where the people were in darkness, in death. We're in that same place today. We are commissioned. We are anointed to do the very same thing that Jesus did, to, to bring a light in a dark place. And, and Jesus is the one that qualifies us to do that. So by way of a by way of an introduction, um I, I was gripped by some words that, that Tom had shared in a message uh, a few weeks ago on the on the topic of joy. And uh, in that message He, uh, he shared a quote with us by author and Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann. I hope I pronounced that right. And this is what that quote was. The prophetic tasks of the church are to tell the truth in a society that lives in illusion, grieve in a society that practices denial, and express hope in a society that... That lives in despair. when Tom shared that quote, my heart was stirred, and those words from that quote would not leave me alone. And so that and the things that happened after that are are what are um, what I'm going to share with you in the message today, and the fact that. The, word, the word's prophetic tasks, plural, that we've been privileged to, to do and, and what he expressed in that, that quote. So let's just take a moment here before I go any further to pray. Lord, I thank you for your words. I thank you that your words are living, they are active They purpose and they prosper in the very thing that you send them to do. And and these are your words, Lord. So I'm asking that you would anoint our hearts, anoint our ears, change us from the inside out. Give us your eyes to see and that as we go forward, we have your perspective. We have your heart. We hear your heart. We hear your voice. And that we will be and disclose what's on your heart wherever we go, what we set our hand to do. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to do that and that you have made it possible through your suffering, death, and resurrection and through the sending of your Holy Spirit when you ascended on high. In Jesus' name, amen. So, then the last time when Tom spoke, um, again, he made some statements and uh, there were some key words that, again, they just, uh, I want to reiterate them, but they, they gripped my heart in the same way. So one of, the, one of the quotes that he had shared, he said that a friend of his told him that we are carriers and that we are couriers. And he talked about what carriers do in terms of infecting others and not in a bad way, but with the presence of God and what we bring into the situation and and couriers, what we deliver. And I would like to add just one more word alongside of that quote, if you will, alongside of that statement. And that is, we are partakers. Where have I heard that word before, partakers? Partakers. Hmm. Well, 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 yes, partakers of his divine nature. We get to participate in. And it says in that participation, what makes it possible is that he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. Well... One of those promises happens to be the promise of the Spirit, the promise of the Father. And so we get to be active participants in the very things that Jesus himself did through the person of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, the same works, the same words that Jesus did that spoke with authority, that spoke with power, that set people free, that forgave them, that delivered them, that healed them, that set them on a different trajectory and their lives were never the same again. Then as... Then just a couple other sentences that in the in the message that Tom brought, which were really good. He talked about imagining what being in the temple back then and what that looked like, and how you back in that day they were on the outside looking in. They couldn't get near the holy of holies. You could only get so far and that was it. You, you made your offering and then you went your way. And that was it. And then he went on from there and he, he said he said the cross of Christ gives us Access. It's so simple and so easy to say those words, but when we really stop and take that in, you know, to have access to be able to enter into. I can think of a lot of things that I can't enter into, no matter how hard I try. It will not happen. It's impossible to happen. It won't happen. Just think of trying to get into a bank vault. Just think of trying to get into the White House. You think he'd get very far. You even think you would get on the lawn. Uh, and, and even the priest. Once a year only to get into the very presence, into the Holy of Holies. And then even then, uh, you know, I'm kind of wondering what he's thinking as I go in there because I've got this rope tied on my leg and i got bells on the end of my garment. Does that sound like confidence? Does that sound like boldness? Does that sound like, hey, God, how are you doing? I I, I think just those kinds of thoughts. He is an awesome God and he is worthy. But there, is, there was that seriousness of it and, 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 uh, and the, uh, the idea that I have to come in there the right way and if I am, do not go in there with the right heart or in the right way with the right provision, they're going to pull me out. I'd rather walk out than be pulled out. But it's, it's the idea that this is a, a huge event. This is a huge thing. That now, through the cross of Christ, through His suffering, death, and resurrection, and the fact that in different places of the Scripture, He even repeats it, that we can come boldly, boldly. It's not that I have credentials. It's that He qualifies me, that He has made me righteous, that He makes me holy, and that He is transforming me. That's good to know that not only that I am am I made righteous but that there's areas of my life they don't have to stay the way that they've been but that they can that they can be transformed in that same way. So the idea that we're no longer on the outside looking in. And then he said Pentecost the indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes it relational and experiential you know when I, when I was doing this I I had a lot of thoughts pouring through me and and thoughts that I was researching and I thought you know God I there's so there's so much that you want to say and do and I just don't want to give up get up here and just throw out information here guys throw it out there and you know, check off a box and and uh, and say, "Hey, and, and like I just some, imparted information or gave some kind of report." No, it's the idea that now it it is relational. It's relational in such a way that it's intimate. That it's that when through the Spirit. And now being united with Christ, that's that's pretty intimate, relational and experiential, and and uh, this living and active book that we re, that we hear scriptures from that we that we st- when are in our quiet times when we read this living and active book there are stories and conversations that the book converses with itself and speaks to us and invites us and calls out to us to to participate in. So when we read stories, for example, about David, when we read stories about Samuel, when we read stories about Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Joshua or Moses, and I said, "Well, that's," or Elijah and Elisha. Wow, look what they did! Wow, that's that's them. That's not me. Well, what's their purpose in being in this book? And you see how God, from the very beginning, through time, through, through, through Moses, through Joshua, even through the 70 elders, where Moses said, hey, the spirit that's on me, take it and share it among the 70 so that they can help me with this. And then when it comes time to cross over and, and Moses' days come to an end, and he passes on the baton to Joshua, a significant moment, and we have significant moments, and we wonder, are we up to the task? But the same words that the God of Israel expressed back, back in the very beginning and all through the Old Testament and into the New Testament ring true today for us. And so when he said to to Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And because of that, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. And you know what? That sounds an awful lot to me like 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That same spirit actively working back then, working through, setting apart, passing on. And now, to us, Jesus ascending, telling his disciples to wait for me, wait for the promise. That same spirit. And so, we get this close intimate relationship. And... uh, on the day when it finally happened when they received the, the Holy Spirit and Peter stood up and said this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel and he, he said I will pour out my spirit upon a few flesh what was it? Oh, all well, how many is all? Everybody. It is, isn't it? I think that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And so, in, when he says "pours out," he is not dripping out. He's it, the word "pour" means to gush. It's being poured out. And. And Peter, you know, he stands up and he, he elaborates. First, you know, there's the gift of tongues that is given there and, and the people there, they all recognize in their own language what is being said about the works of, and wonders of God. But I believe what, what is also going on there and what is unfolding is what I would call the prophethood of Believers. Yes, we're priesthood. But I also believe that we get to walk in the role of prophets. That doesn't mean that you have to have the office, but you are still able to be equipped. And so <clears throat> I talked about relationally and experientially and, and talked about, you know in the Old Testament, there are examples of uh, of prophets being invited into the council of god and uh we heard one not too long ago where where the prophet was uh <coughs> was invited into God's council talking about ahab and uh and uh Jehosh- uh hezekiah and uh you know, who's going to entice King Ahab to, to go into battle? And then, uh, you know, in this council, you know, there was a lying spirit that came forward and said, okay, I can go and I'll, I'll do this and I'll I'll speak through the prophets and this is what will happen. And so that, and, and the prophet was a part of that and that was C-O-U-N-C-I-L. <laughs> but in this relational and experiential, I want to, I want to expound for a little bit here. The other word council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And as I thought about that, Samuel came to my mind. Samuel Samuel was dedicated at an early age. I mean, even when he was a babe. And then he, when he he was in the temple, and, uh, and uh, you know, he didn't know any better. And, and you know, he, he was in there one night, and he heard the voice of the Lord calling out to him, and he thought it was Eli. And uh, finally, Eli, Eli surmised after about three times, you know, what was going on. And... Uh, he he tells Samuel. He said, "Samuel, next time you hear this voice, this is what you say. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening." And then, right after that, I could, I was surprised, if you will, honestly reading the conversation that ensued. God tells. Samuel about Eli and his sons so what is what is God doing here you know God could say as much as he wants to or as little as he wants to but God I believe he he's bearing his heart to Samuel and Samuel's a youngster here Samuel's not 85 Samuel's not a AARP material. He's not. He's not a senior citizen. I mean, so God is no respecter of persons. But when Samuel says, "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening," out of all the things that could have been said, he shares. God God shares what's on his heart with Samuel. And uh, you know, it's like wow and then he gets pressured by Eli tell me what the lord said or else so samuel told him but later on there's another instance when the when the the kingdom is taken from saul and is going to be you know transferred and given over to david but there's there's another story there where 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 God comes to Samuel and Samuel mourns, Samuel weeps, Samuel is so gripped by what the Lord is sharing with him that I th- I think it sounds like he's he maybe dare I say depression, I know it's not depression but he's so gripped by the conversation that God has with him that you know there's some days that go by, and then finally. Um, The Lord says, Samuel, I'm ready to move on. And that means you got to be ready to move on too because I want to anoint the next king of Israel. But there's something else that comes into play in Samuel's life that has always challenged me, that has always um, stirred me, that has always said there's more to this. And in In 1 Samuel 3, 19, it says, So Samuel grew. And I believe not not only physically, but also maturing. And so it says here, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Isn't it an amazing statement? to be able to speak whatever that word is and to know that the very thing, it's not going to be a dud. It's not going to fall to the ground. It's going to do what I purpose it to do. What does that say about the level of trust? What does that say about God's heart to be wanting to share with Samuel and to participate and what God wanted to do in the nation of Israel. You know, back then it was, it just wasn't, it was for a select few that the Spirit was given. But now, in these last days, that same Spirit that moved mightily is now made available. To all who call upon the name of the Lord, to as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. So there is an invitation uh, that the Lord gives. To speak as a to speak as a prophet, to, to prophesy, it's not just about telling events of the future. That was a part of it, but that wasn't the, the total thing. The word prophecy means to speak forth of the mind and counsel of God. C-O-U-N-S-E-L. That, to, to be able to, to have that level of trust and, and intimacy, but also stewardship because it was important if this is what the Lord wanted to do, we, you had to, okay, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And then watch what happens. In Daniel 11, a verse that every once in a while gets brought up in Daniel eleven, verse thirty two, the last part of that verse, it says, The people that know their God. And that's that's why I bring up the counsel that I have and, and the and we have this, we have opportunity to have this in our prayer time, in our quiet time. God, what about this situation? What's in your heart? But what a what a great way to pray if if in our prayers and and I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way. But what would happen if we started our prayers with, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I think that would be a different variation. I think we might even be surprised with what happens. But I'm putting my hand up for that because I will say, I will say this. I'm going to go on record. I've said this before once, I'm going to say it again. When I pray, and I'm not saying this to boast, I start with, the, Father, I come to you through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And then I stop. I just stop because those are three big things right there. And what just happened? And now I'm telling you what I'm going to do is I'm going to incorporate. I, I, by the way, I pause there. I stop, but now I'm going to incorporate Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I don't want to get caught up in the rut where I said rut, okay. Sometimes I come in, I pray, and I bring my need, and here's my shopping cart. Well, did we ever stop to think in some way that God has a shopping cart, but it's not his cart, it's his heart. Wow. So when we read, when we hear that, that quote about the prophetic tasks, plural, and that statement that was made about grieving and speaking truth and bringing hope, I think that in that statement, God is expressing various things in his heart, that his heart is broken, that people are captive, and that we have the privilege of bringing hope And joy and setting people on a different trajectory and opening prison doors. Do you think those prison doors, you know that there's an enemy that had put those people behind prison doors, right? It's not just a a dwelling place. There's an enemy that put them there, that took them captive, who has them captive, who's watching over them. So when Jesus said, I've been anointed to open the prison doors, to set the captives free. to to bind up the brokenhearted, to lift off the spirit of heaviness. Who else was actively at work doing those things? And he said, no, enough is enough. I'm here, I'm advancing the kingdom. This is what I'm gonna do, and this is what it looks like. That's what we have the privilege to participate in. That's what we've been called into, and that's what we get to share in the thrill of setting the captives free. Pulling down the strongholds. That should excite us. That should thrill us. That should give us a different mindset altogether. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but I think it's good. It's not just emotion. That's living, active, life-changing truth being made manifest. And I am stirred in my heart to encourage you in the same way that I have been encouraged and stirred in my heart to, to go forth because the Spirit of the Lord has anointed you and He says, You'll prophesy. He said, It shall come to pass. How many of you know that when Jesus said, It shall come to pass, that kind of sounds a lot to me like let there be? Did He ever do a let there be and it not happen? kind of reminds me of that song that they play on the radio and I just kind of, not once did he ever stop moving, not once did he ever let go, not once did he ever stop proving, my God is in control. When did his mercies fail? When did his power? It hasn't. And I think for for too long, the church has gotten laryngitis and lost its voice. And now with those flames, you know those flames? when it talks about flames all through the Bible, the flames could have been a thing of judgment, and sometimes they were, but they were also a thing of flames and God's acceptance of the sacrifice and approval. And also, I believe, of God working in the life of the person. One more thought that comes to me from the message that Tom did. He talked about, you know, when the heat's turned up and the, and, uh, the dross taken away, it comes in up to the top and, and that. The thought came to me, well, how do you know when it's at that point when it's been refined? And the, and the thought came to me when the, when, the, when the refiner looks into that liquid and he sees his reflection So when we sing refiner's fire and we know who the refiner is, guess what his goal is? His goal is to see him reflected in our lives and to participate in that. So this morning... I'm going to, there is more, there is more to this. But I'm going to stop here. Nobody fall out of their seat. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop here. We're going to pray and then we're going to have communion. And I feel that what the Lord poured into me, I poured out to you. so I I just would like for you to raise your hand with me Lord we're your servants you've anointed us you've poured out your spirit upon us and if there are any here who want want to know you more who want to know you Holy Spirit Lord I'm going to avail myself to those people if they will come and seek me to answer their questions or any of the other elders. But Lord, we are your servants here and we offer ourselves to you in that same promise, in that same way, the people that know their God shall do mighty exploits. But it's in the knowing of you. And and Lord, you share your heart. You know what we have need of and you know what's on your heart. And we're not on the outside looking in. We're on the inside with you through what you did on the cross. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to stir in our hearts, stir in our hearts, blow through our hearts, consume us from the inside out. We talk about fire and you yourself speak of yourself as a consuming fire. Consume those things that would hold us back. And I pray for that fire that is the... uh, that is the, the consuming of your love. The, 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 how you love us with such an intensity. How you love us and care for us. Holy Spirit, do your work in each one of our hearts. Do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Father, I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for... Def- I pray going forward for significant... Changes to take place in, in, our, in our neighborhood, in our community, in our sphere of influence. You've given to each one of us, Lord, mountains, so to speak. You've given us spheres of influence where we can speak into people's lives, where we can speak into and pray over and pray against uh, principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Father, enlarge our vision, open the eyes of our understanding, and help us to look through your eyes and by your spirit that we may indeed be willing, full, intentional partners, partakers, participants with you for the advancing of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.